Welcome everyone at Atlantic Packaging and Beyond to our second official episode of Wellness at Work with Wes. Um, I am really excited to be hosting two guys uh, today that I know pretty well and uh, have had a an immense uh, impact on my wellness journey. Uh, so thrilled to have these two guys here to, to spin yarns with us. Um, throughout our, our Atlantic Wellness Program, we have primarily focused on aerobic fitness. We've talked a lot about diet recently, uh, but today's topic is strength. Uh, what is strength, why it's important, how to build it, how to sustain it. Um, my guests today are Mike Fickling and Brett Bracken of the Charleston Kettlebell Club. Uh, the Kettlebell Club is a premier strength training facility uh, in the low country, uh, and these two gentlemen have made a career out of teaching proper technique uh, and helping their clients build strength in a safe, responsible, uh, and really impactful way. Um, they've had a, a great impact on me, so uh, excited to introduce these guys. Mike, Brett, welcome to uh, Wellness at Work. Thank you. And, uh, I'll let you guys give us a little overview on, on who you are and your history in this industry, and uh, then we'll go from there. Mike? All right, thanks. Um, Mike Fickling, and uh, I was, um, let's see, I started doing, working in the personal training business over 15 years ago. I was lucky enough to be taken under um, the tutelage of a very good trainer um, and taught how to deal with clients, taught how to, I mean, just literally everything. The guy taught me everything he knew. His name is John Teisinger. He was a great guy. Um, he was also my Wing Chun instructor. So I came at this from a martial arts standpoint, and I've kind of gone full circle because the, the way we teach now as a practice is very much how I got into the business. So it's, it really, um, I've gone really complicated back down to very simple, but uh, really focusing on strength and conditioning for the general population that's our that's our focus that's what we do and that's what I've done now this whole time in my career with this and this is honestly it's really awesome because I found something that I really love and I've been able to make a, a living with it and I was lucky enough to run into this guy and us uh, create a partnership that's this really worked out it's it, it sounds like the the martial arts background did have a lot of impact on how you guys train today is, is it the mindfulness piece of that and just being really thoughtful about how you move and things like that i don't want to get too far ahead but since no, you yeah I, I think that was part of it i think it's also the just discipline sure just discipline and practice i mean that's really what it is and and we'll, we'll definitely get into it i'll bring it back around but um and i don't know i mean it, it's uh it was just something that spoke to me and of course you you only can see things through the lens of your experience so it's the way it looks to me other people that have had other experiences like track and field it will see things through their experiences so um but that's what it was to me and uh it's just another martial art simply in, in kung fu in particular which means hard work it kind of makes sense that training is hard work practice is hard kung work. fu means hard work i did i yeah. did not know that okay i've already learned something we're only five minutes in all right cool mike uh brett uh can you give us your bio too so I came into the fitness world um, through high school sports. We had to get into weight training as soon as you get to high school, where I'm from, because football is king there. And I was okay at that. But I ended up running track in college. Um, was pole vaulter was my specialty, and I was a decathlete. Uh, originally went to school. I wanted to be an athletic trainer because I thought that sounded cool. Um, and it's a good it reason out, to do most things. Yeah. So even though I was in the athletic training room getting work on every time I was there, uh, did not count toward hours as you had to get as a freshman. It's like observations. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, screw this, and went into kinesiology as my ma master, or my undergrad in um, college. 
Got that. Can you define kinesiology for um, us, please? Study of body movement okay. or body mechanics is the easiest way to say it. Okay. Um, so generally that's geared toward physical education in the school system. And honestly, I took one education course and walked out halfway through and realized education wasn't for me, <laughs> at least at the elementary, middle school, high school level. Uh, I did teach as an adjunct professor at Trident Tech for a while, okay. um, teaching this stuff to people who wanted to get into it. Um, but then kinesiology, ran track. Uh, one of my buddies was a part-time personal trainer, and he kind of introduced me to this world and started playing around in it, studying it, and kind of picking it up. Um, after school, I um, got into being a personal trainer at a, a gym that is no longer in town. It was called V at the time, um, and wanted to become figure out where I was going to do, because then I was like, also, about the time of the recession hit, and decided to go back to school. Went to the Citadel for my master's degree in health, exercise, and sports science. And then eventually was recruited by this guy to come here and do a little work and learn from them and followed that path for a little bit of the Czech Institute at the time. And then we kind of... That's uh, Paul Czech, Paul Czech, yes. Czech. Yeah, and it, was, it was a lot of fun and opened my eyes up to a, a different world because in the strength and conditioning world, it's like get in the gym, do the work, go home, eat some food, take a nap, and do it again the next day. A little more brutal, a little more rough than the typical gym atmosphere. But in the Czech world, it, it kind of brought me back to understanding my body and being aware, which was really great. And then we got into kettlebells and started pushing that. And then eventually Mike and I partnered up and have been doing this about ever since. Okay, great. Well, um, you know, my, my experience, um, you know, I've, I've explored a lot of different, you know, gyms here in, in Charleston and, and elsewhere. And, um, you know, my experience here at the kettlebell club was, was real, has really been a, a special journey. I mean, I, these two guys really come at strength from uh, a place of, of education and responsibility and safety, uh, and, and there's a lot of places that don't. So um, I, I know uh, I can say with, with a lot of confidence that these guys really know what they're talking about. Um, and, you know, what I'd like to focus on initially here is just to, to define strength. I mean, you know, in today's world, uh, even within Atlantic, I think we think about fitness primarily as aerobic fitness. You know, it's walking, it's running, it's biking, whatever it may be, and certainly that is very important. Uh, and it's been life-changing for, for uh, many, many of us at Atlantic Packaging and, and elsewhere. But um, in my experience uh, through, through uh, the Kettlebell Club, uh, strength, uh, I, I believe, is something that, that also is a primary thing that, that we need to focus on. And at Atlantic, you know, we do have uh, – you know, weightlifting gyms, fitness centers at, at every one of our facilities, and uh, we encourage it, but we don't talk a lot about strength. So can you guys first sort of define strength for me, and then from there sort of give me your theories and, and methodologies about strength, you know? Uh, well, I'll leave it to you guys to answer that question. I'll leave it open-ended. Actually, define fitness first. Fitness. Like what we consider fitness. Well, in fitness is, general. So in the world of academia there's health there's fitness and there's performance and in general I look at fitness as just being um, able to move your body safely through ranges of motion pick up objects general life activities is just fitness in my mind the ability to just to be able to operate in the world without hurting yeah. yourself. the ability to do work yeah right. Right. do work yeah. whatever the task is at hand the, mm -hmm. the, the be fit for that task mm -hmm. so it could be Fitness is a broad thing. Sure. So aerobic fitness, which is kind of what you're yeah. talking about, was it's a great place to start. There's yeah. nothing wrong with starting with aerobic fitness. It's smart to start there. And it's easy. Yes. For the most part. And it's easy and inexpensive. Yeah. Sure. For the most part. Very much so. Um, and, of course, nutrition. It's good that you started with that. That's really important because, mm -hmm. you know, it's health. Sure. You know, you look at mm -hmm. it from health. Um, so I, I cheated 
and I wrote and I wrote some notes about strength because I, I, if that's cheating, then I'm cheating too. Right, right. Problem, so yeah. And I've been thinking about this for a while, and, and you and I spoke, and, and we we we're exposed to so many great thinkers and writers and things that I figured, why should I reinvent the wheel? So I was just going to read quickly a couple of things that I think really define strength in the in the way that we identify with, and, and it you know it means something to us. And uh, this is Paul McElroy. He's um, Northern Irish. Um, strength and conditioning um coach coach and, what he said. Yeah. i don't want to say guru because it was an overused term right absolutely but he's yeah. he's amazing um and he this is loosely um a quote is strength is the ability to overcome internal and external resistance as well as the ability to withstand great force and pressure in all its many forms strength is the physical mental and emotional manifestation of the indomitable spirit of humanity Pretty deep. That Pretty guy's, deep. That guy's deep. Um, and then I have two other ones, and strength is the foundation for develop, developing the rest of physical qualities. And that's a professor, Professor uh, Leonid uh, Metviev, and he's a Russian guy. And that is something that we take and apply every day, and we'll, and we'll come back and talk about that. And then Pavel uh, Tsatsalin, um, the founder of Strong First, who we study under, says strength is a skill, and as such, it must be practiced. And that's almost back to the martial side of things. It's practicing a skill. So strength is a strength is a skill. Um, so th- those three kind of definitions that that encompasses and embodies what we think of as strength. So it's not just about lifting weights. It's not just about you know maximum effort. It's it's not you know it's a, it's a bigger thing. Strength that. Um, it goes deeper than yeah, deeper. than the physical side, and you get into the the mental, emotional, spiritual aspect of strength. It's it it truly is a practice. Mm-hmm. So you know, learning to lift weights, it just makes you more resilient and able to take on everyday stress of life sure. as you move along. And and I guess you witness that with your a lot of your clients is is where people walk through your door and it's like, hey, I want to get stronger, I want to get fitter, mm-hmm. um, but I think what you're saying it's it's really more of a full body, full spirit kind of practice where uh, the the practice of coming in and learning to lift weights or whatever it may be, it, it's a mindfulness practice. It's a, you know, it's a repetition. And through that, you, you will get stronger, but you, you know, you'll also learn a lot about yourself. Um, you know, you train your nervous system to, to take on more stress. And um, at least in, in my personal experience, that's been one of the big benefits as I've, you know, practiced with you guys is the ability to just take on even more emotional stress, uh, which I didn't anticipate it's sort of translated from the gym to, to the workplace. Um, and since we are talking about wellness at work I thought that was an important thing to discuss because you know all of us are in high stress jobs and finding a way to be able to train your body to handle stress better I think is one of the big benefits of 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 strength training that it gets overlooked sometimes tell tell me a little bit about you know strength training as you know is it appropriate uh just for muscle growth I mean we're talking a little bit about you know stress but what are what are other benefits people should consider like if you've never done any strength training and you're saying you know I'm I've got a pretty good wellness regime. I've changed my diet. I've lost some weight. You know, I'm, I'm walking every day. Um, I'd like to try that out, but maybe it's a little intimidating. I don't know. You know, how, how, where, where do you start, you know, and, and what is uh, what should people be thinking about if they want to um, investigate strength training? So strength starts at learning how to control your body. So one of the qualities that a lot of people realize quickly or not quickly, depending on how you look at it, is being able to squat down to the floor and stand up or bend over and tie their shoes. Um, the body becomes immobile when you don't use those ranges of motion. And 
as you start getting stronger, whether it's learning how to squat properly or whatever, you will start finding a new range of motion that you've lost somehow or another just through aging or general life process, um, which is one of the cool things, the benefits of learning how to get stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, you know, um, I think it's important to kind of move well. That's the start. Yeah. yeah. Move moving well. moving movement well. First. Yeah. Movement first. Yeah. And then move more and then load that movement yeah. and challenge that movement. And, uh, and I, it, that really is, where would they start? So like someone in your, you can start with body weight and you get very strong with just using your body weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so people that are in your office, uh, they could start with, can you do a push up on the floor? No. Can you do a push up on a chair? No. Can you do a push up on a desk? Desk. You know, meet yourself where you are. Sure. Be able to do a proper version of whatever, a push, a pull, a hinge, a squat, um, a, lunge. a lunge, a twist, and gait pattern. Mm-hmm. And pretty much that's really it. That's, that's the basic movements. That's the basic movements. Yeah. And if you can do a quality version of all of those movements, then move on from there. Yeah. And, you know, and it's really a good idea, honestly, if you can get somebody to help you. You know, yeah. there are experts everywhere. You can, and if you're there's apps you can use there's uh there's trainers all over the place there's, there's youtube there's sure. youtube yeah you have to be discerning yeah you have to be you know your own advocate mm-hmm. not just for this but literally everything yeah and um and i think that, you know there's a there's a lot of stuff out there but honestly just good good movement quality like and and you need to figure out what that movement uh, how do you know if you're well the, the thing about being strong is, is interesting it's like if if you ask the question am i strong then the answer is no. Because <laughs> if you're strong, you know. Yeah, sure. It's true. Right? You know what I mean? So same thing with probably with do I move well. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, you probably don't. You know what I mean? If, yeah. you, if you move fluidly and move well, you know you do. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's an internal thing almost, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think one thing you told me real early on is, you know, being stronger makes everything better. <laughs> it's like, yeah. If you are stronger, life is just better. You know, you, you can do more. You get hurt less. Um, which leads me sort of my next question. I think a lot of folks um, that are approaching strength training and, you know, may, maybe midway through life, you know, so yeah. the, the biggest concern uh, I hear or the biggest reservation is I don't want to go lift weights because I'm going to get hurt or, you know, I don't think that I am strong enough to lift weights or to strength train or strength training is only for men and I'm a female and I'm worried that if I walk in the gym and start working out, I'm going to look like, you know, I'm going to beef up like a guy. Um, You know, can you kind of cut through some of those myths? Is there any truth in any of that? Or, you know, I mean, can you start strength training at, you know, 70 years old, if, 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 uh, even if you've never done anything before, is it, is it, is it too late at some point? And, you know, how do you, you know, based on gender, are there, are there different ways that, that strength applies? So first off, it's never too late to get into the gym and start training. Almost. Yeah. I mean, you could be dead. So then that's true. Yeah. It's (laughs) But But once you're in the ground, it's game over. We get that. Yeah. Yeah. And to add something earlier, like, um, uh, getting strong is not fun, but being strong is a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. I've heard y'all say that before too. Yeah. Cause it, it, it's work to get strong, like learning how to do your first push up, If that's where you're at, you know, from the floor, that's, that's a journey. And a lot of people walk into the gym and, and don't think they should have it yesterday or like I could do this in high school. Why can't I do it now when I'm 45, 55, 60, 70 years old? I'm like, well, Meet it's a practice. Yeah. It's practice. Like you haven't practiced in 10, 15, 20 years that happens. Um, but going back to your question though, like it, 
it's never too late to get into the gym and unless you have some crazy injuries that don't let you do it and that's accentuating circumstances there yeah, and they find a professional to help you yeah and I mean, there's the people there for that. that but yeah getting into gym yeah same thing with regards to um elderly um, we've trained kids to 90 what was how old was 93 i think at the yeah. time yeah yeah wow Kids yeah. all the way up to 93-year-olds. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I've got 70, early 70s, mid-70-year-olds yeah. swinging kettlebells, doing ballistics. I mean, it's it's not out of reach. It literally isn't. It's all just a, it's just about doing the right thing in the right order and having patience and, and just slowly building up. You know, I mean, and and well, and speak to that too. I want to, I do want to touch on the gender thing, but let's go back to that, yeah. as as we age, if if there is no strength training, if there's an absence of strength training, wh- what are the risks? I mean, because I think that's a big question too. I hear a lot that well, I'm I'm concerned about going in the gym because I don't want to get hurt, or I think I'm I'm past an age where I should get into strength training. But there are considerable risks to. Um, just overall health and wellness by not being strong and not and not working on strength and can you talk a little bit because I, I assume you guys have a lot of folks that walk through the door and they are middle-aged or older and they've never done any strength training and they come in kind of messed up you know and it's like I'm here because my doctor told me I had to get stronger I mean I'm assuming that's probably something that happens pretty frequently yeah a good bit but if you get into the deep science on it, like I forget the percentage, but as you age, like past about 35, you start losing muscle mass um, throughout the years. And as you get lose muscle, you lose, I like to think of it as armor. Uh, the more muscle mass you have and the more strength you have a foundation around those joints, A, you're going to be more stable, so you're going to fall less. And if you do fall, you have enough muscle mass there to protect you. So it's almost like a, a padding or the armor that we just said. Sure. So that's one of the benefits for sure of learning the strength train, even as you age. I think it's interesting to think about um, being strong as is, is being resilient, but uh, there's um, – I wish I could remember his name. There's a great book. It's called um, Anti-Fragile. Oh, yeah. And, Anti-Fragile. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm remiss for not remembering the, the author off the top of my head, but don't worry. There's the interwebs. Um, but the, uh, the idea is that being resilient is implying a state, a stasis, that you're resisting – problems or resisting stressors but anti-fragility is improving through stressors mm-hmm. you're we're a living organism and we're not supposed to be in a static situation yeah. so the the act of challenging yourself in an intelligent manner and if with frequency and consistency which is by the way the two probably most important things um, you will become anti-fragile you challenge yourself, you'll get stronger, you get better. Resilience is, is sounds good and people use it a lot, but it's actually like a place. Whereas anti-fragility is something that you can grow into and continue to evolve with and sure get better. And you know, like young kids, like my kids are anti-fragile because they're five years old. I mean, they bounce off the floor, right, you right. know, but, at, yeah, but as you get older, to your point, after mm-hmm. 35, 40 years old, you start going in the other direction. And if you're not doing work to combat that, um, you put yourself at risk for injury, you know, and, and it can impact longevity as well. Um, so that, you know, that, that's, those are all important, important things to, to consider. You know, nobody, nobody at this table look you, to look like a bodybuilder. You have to behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's a very small percentage of people that 
end up getting bigger from lifting weights. And, and it just really has to do with programming and drugs and all kind of stuff. The average person will, you can get a lot stronger before you'll ever need to get bigger. Mm-hmm. So the initial, the initial gains you, you get from weight training with the intention of being stronger is more of a neural gain. Yeah. So your nervous system begins to expand to take up the stress of the weight training. And you don't really have to put on mass in order to get stronger. Get stronger. Okay, so that's interesting. So you're saying that in the initial phases of training, what you're really doing is training your nervous system to accept weight. So To, to move better, to accept weight. I mean, this is all tangled in proper technique, you it's know, learning, learning, it's learning. That's all it is. It's practice. It's practice. It's a skill. It literally yeah, is a right. skill. And you're teaching your body, by the way, your muscles, your nervous system is what learns. Yeah. Well, your muscles are the tool. The first time the you tools. picked up a book, you couldn't read it. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. It took a while to figure out how to pronounce this word. And when you put these letters together, it said this, or it sounded like that. It's the same thing when training. Well, and that's interesting, too, because I think in terms of like a lot of folks like, all right, I'm going to start lifting weights. I'm just going to start going to the gym on my own and I'll do some dumbbell curls and I'll do some, you know, whatever, lat pull downs, whatever, you know, machines. Um, But without any real consistency, without practicing the same motion, because I could never figure it out. Like, why I go to the gym two or three days a week, I don't see any results, but I wasn't doing anything with any level of consistency. So I guess what you're saying is I wasn't ever really training my nervous system to be able to understand those patterns um and so the the point of 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 being in a position where you are uh have some instruction and doing the same things over and over the practice piece really is what allows strength to happen uh, over time and then i'm assuming it at some point you can really start to gain strength once you've uh, developed those patterns yeah that's very true so if you take some of the strongest people on the planet right now um when it goes back to the statement i said earlier being strong is a lot of fun but getting there is not it's boring there's days when you walk into the gym, like, I got to do this again. You're like, yeah, get back under the bar and, and do another squat or pick you up that bell. You must repeat the patterns. Yeah. Sure. And, and it's a constant evolution of the learning system mm-hmm. and, and proper programming, obviously, and you got to change things. But in the general aspect, you, a squat's a squat, and you got to keep adding weight to it if you want to get stronger. Well, and I think, I mean, our, our general population who are involved in our wellness program would tell you, you know, the first time they, you know, put on a Fitbit and walked around the parking lot, it wasn't very fun either, you know. But the fun part is if you are consistent over time, you go from, hey, I, I, I can walk two miles to, hey, I can run a half a marathon, you know. It's, yeah, you know same concept. And, and we've got a lot of people within our organization who have incredible success stories, um, especially in, their, in the aerobic fitness area. So you hear a lot about chronic cardio. You know, people can get sort of obsessed with cardio and they're just, you know, running eight and ten miles every single day and you know chronic cardio can be really tough on your body and I'm sure you guys have folks that come in here that are Ironman triathletes and you know you think Ironman he must be in great shape but his body's destroyed just from just chronic cardio and I guess the the same could be true for strength training I mean you don't want to lift heavy weights every single day of the week correct sports related yeah sports related that's sports related yeah specializing so like if you're lifting heavy weights every day you're more than likely you're that's your job, like your, your, your hobby, your sport is powerlifting, Olympic lifting, strongman, whatever that is. Going back to the triathlon or triathlete, he's, that's his sport. He has to go do his sport. Like if he's going to compete and try to win or a high level, like this is secondary to him. Mm-hmm. Training in the gym is just keeping him healthy. Sure. Because all those guys have, and even the runners, mostly all have roughly the same issues. It's a forward head, it's rounded shoulders, it's hunched over because Repet- it's very efficient. Motion. For running 
and biking, it's here. It's all bent down. Swimming, it's all pulling forward. So everything's here. So when we get those guys in the gym and the chronic runners, it's like, all right, let's let's strengthen. I'm going to use a jargon here, the posterior chain or backside of the body, the back, the butt, the hamstrings, the calves. Because majority of the time, that's what's super weak on these individuals. Mm. Maybe not the calves. It's probably super tight on them. But we get those guys, and it's like, all right, you need to learn how to deadlift. You need to learn how to swing a kettlebell. You need to learn how to do some rowing motions because if not, when you turn 70 or 80 or whatever, you're going to be stuck in this posture. And we've all seen them when we walked into the grocery store. They're all hunched over on the buggy. They're getting out of the car. They have a walking cane or something because they can't stand up because they're so stuck here. And that's not just triathletes and runners. That's everyday posture because if you think about it, we all sit computer, eating dinner, driving a car. It's never hardly ever here. And I will speak to this as well. It, this, this makes me think about something else. You do not have to kill yourself yeah. to get stronger or fit. You do not have to. And this is a barrier to entry sure. for a lot of folks. They're like, not only am I worried about getting hurt, but um, you know, I don't feel like I'm capable of the output required to get fit, strong, whatever word they're thinking of that their goal would be to begin an exercise program whatever it it doesn't it's because of you're not going to do it all in one day yeah and so you have folks on one side that feel that that's necessary so they never start and you got folks on the other side that want that and destroy themselves in a very short amount of time so we believe that safety is performance and a measured consistent frequent dose of the appropriate amount of exercise and you see the not in quotes be it strength training conditioning cardiovascular work whatever that may be um, is all you need so in other words you have to leave some in the tank and if you go back to um, evolutionary behaviors yeah you wouldn't run yourself and you wouldn't run a marathon to get dinner you could eat my tiger that's ridiculous yeah. yeah nor would you get yourself to a situation where you would lift a failure building a house or building you know what i mean a shelter that's just yeah it's absurd. You would never do such a thing. It wouldn't make sense. You know, you would have a little bit of built-in efficiency to that and self-preservation, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you behave differently in a gym? Every time you walk in a gym, it doesn't have to look like a dare. Oh, sure. You and, know? And we run into a lot of times, like, you got those people who's, like, working out. I got to go to the gym and get my sweat on. If I'm not hurting, I haven't done enough. I'm like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing that. You know, like, I want you to be able to sit down and stand up without having to hold on to stuff. You shouldn't be that sore ever for general fitness yeah and and that that's become a really popular in just today's culture because i think that's just we're we're, we're a culture of extremes and somewhere along the line we all convinced ourselves that it, it wasn't a workout unless i was dry heaving and crippled on the way out the door um but you know uh for all the reasons it held cortisol levels if nothing else uh, from that kind of chronic training can be really detrimental to your health um, for, you know, I know you talked a little bit about athletes and, and, and whatever else, but for your normal population, folks like me, folks that are, you know, listening today, when you're looking at, Hey, I, I'm at a baseline of, of, of health and, you know, I've got my diet, you know, and it's not perfect, but I'm working on it. And I'm, I'm focused on, I'm focused on getting healthy. You know, I've, I've got a cardio program. I'm walking a few days a week, you know, what is it, you know, sort of an appropriate, I'm ready to introduce strength training. I, I'm buying into this, what you guys are saying. I need to have strength for longevity. I need to have strength so I can move through life better. I'm getting older. You know, my, I, I, did, I just, I know, I know it's time. You know, 
once a week? Is that is that any good? Twice a week? Three times a week? You know, um, what's a good kind of place to start? And then um, is it important to have recovery days? You know, is, is it important to have days every week where you literally don't do anything other than let your body recover? Um, and uh, and is there such a thing as active recovery? And what does that look like? Gotcha. So first things first is keep in mind, like I'm assuming a lot of the people that are going to be watching this and listening to it probably played high school sports or something like that. Do not start where you were at in high school. <laughs> right. All right. Cause if you're 50 years old, don't start where you did when you were 16. Yeah. Don't don't. Cause it's been 30 years or more since you've touched a weight. So, and we see that a lot people come in and that's when they get hurt and they get beat up and then they come see us. So first thing I would say is if you haven't lifted weights and you don't know much about it, find a professional that you trust. And we can talk about how to find that shortly um, and kind of how to ask the right questions to teach you how to lift weights properly, how to move correctly. That's first and foremost. Or establish and a baseline. Yeah. And okay, establish a baseline. Yeah. That's so it. the first thing people need to do is, you know, hey, maybe I can't afford to have a personal trainer to three days a week, but just maybe finding somebody who's in the business who can at least help you establish a baseline and say, hey, this is where you are today. This is where your basic level of strength is. Leg strength, arm strength, back strength. Yep. This um, is your mobility. So this is your mobility. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and if you're in pain, you know if you're in pain. If you're in pain, see a doctor, please. Start there. See a doctor if you're in pain. Orthopedist, chiropractor, whatever. See, sure. see someone, a physical therapist. Find some medical help if you're in pain. Shoulder, back, knee, hip. Don't just say, I'm going to lift my way out of pain or I'm going to start, I'm going to walk it off. If you're in pain, literally in pain, go, and if it hurts to do this, don't just avoid doing that. Go get checked out, find out what that is. That's now your baseline. Sure. And then from there, we can talk about finding professionals and then. Well, let's expand on that just a little bit because, I mean, that'd be a good reason, hey, not to walk in the gym. I, I've My knee hurts. So, you know, and my knee's hurt for the last three years, and so I know I can't strength train. But I, I, th I think what I heard you saying was, if you have adjusted the pattern of how you walk, your gait to, you know, try to overcome this knee pain, you are going to be creating other issues within course, the, the, yeah. the chain. And so uh, you're really not doing yourself any favors. Of course not. And in, in intrinsic imbalances are magnified by extrinsic loads. So if you have a, a limp, definitely put weight on it or miles on it. That'll work out for you for sure. <laughs> Now you're going to wear that joint out. It's like driving around on a, with a car with the tires out of balance. Sure. You know, you can wear your tires out. You know, it's just wheels are out of true. I mean, just don't, just don't do that, right? Why would you do that with a vehicle? Treat yourself with some respect. Find, find somebody who can um, tell you what's going on and, and get help. Now, as soon as you can, get past that to this. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think to your point, you know, it's um, – and the question was about how many, the frequency. Sure. Most people don't overtrain, they under-recover. Yeah. Okay. Just that, and then have a goal. Yeah. And then we can figure out what you're looking for. You know, pick a goal and then you can contact us or whatever. We can, or research on the internet, but don't go to Instagram and find any of that stuff. <laughs> Stay away from Instagram. Stay away from social media. Do it for the gram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think honestly you can, uh, two days a week would be great if you're, spending some time working on your patterns and, and beginning a strength training program three days a week. It really depends on your recovery. I mean, how do you sleep? How do you eat? How much water do you drink? You know, it's, that's really important too. And I know you've, you had a 
nutritionist on. So that was probably like a lot of the stuff was, was laid down. If you go back and refer to that, that would probably be helpful. Sure. I mean, I, you know, I think we sort of established, um, you know, that 85% of health really starts with what you put in your mouth, you know, what you eat every day, but what you do the most, um, and, uh, and really understanding and, and having a clean diet, um, that you can stick to, um, is, is a great place to start. Um, and, and speaking of that, um, a lot of people's goals, I know one of mine was, was fat burn. You know, I, I, I want to burn fat. I want to get leaner. Um, and can't, I mean, I, I, I don't think probably it didn't come to me, um, that I would have, uh, it would have been obvious to me that if I lift weights, that's going to equate to fat burn. I would have equated it to maybe getting stronger and getting muscle gain, but is there any correlation between strength training and accelerated fat burn? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, can you um, so expand? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is, what's the, it, I mean, you guys aren't scientists, but, well, no, can, but give me a little yeah, science yeah. talk around that. Uh, so. this, is, this is layman stuff, but the more muscle you carry around, it's, muscle is incredibly inefficient. And, um, and Brett's got a good analogy for that with the car thing. Yeah, go ahead. So, so easiest way to look at gaining muscle mass. If you're a runner, the body becomes very efficient at what it's doing. If you're doing a steady state cardio, so think of your body as a Prius at that point. Your body's a Prius? That's a Prius if you're a runner. Okay. Because you become very efficient at using calories. Okay. And the body will drop muscle mass in order to help you become more efficient. So that's why you don't see a bunch of big, strong Bulky. runners. Yeah, distance Bulky. runners. Yeah. Distance runners. Sprinters are a different story. But when you start lifting weights, you're slowly putting on more muscle or increasing the engine size of the car. And the bigger the engine, the more faster you burn the gas, the quicker you burn the gas because it's not very efficient. And it's fats just, the gas? And fats the gas. And, or fuel calories it's all fuel for the engine so gold is to become a ferrari right super fast super burn super lean sure bad for efficiency yes not very efficient (laughs) especially in the city I don't know about Ferrari. That may be a little far for me to go, but yeah, um, I, I get you. For point. the right price, we can get you there. <laughs> for the right price, I hear you. <laughs> um, so, okay, good. That, I mean, that's, I think that's that's really important information because a lot of folks, you know, hey, I'm, I'm working on my diet. I'm doing the aerobic thing. I'm doing my walking, but, you know, I'm not getting the fat burn. I'm not leaning out like I think I should be. And I think what you're saying is, hey, you know, a simple strength training program for a couple of days a week can, you know, really exacerbate that fat burn um, and help you achieve your, achieve your goals a lot faster. Yeah, if you're generally healthy and you've already been cleared, you have no orthopedic issues, nothing hurts to move two to three days a week of full body lifting with a little bit of conditioning or cardio, if you want to call it that, interspersed in between those days. I think for the average person, that's a great day. Okay. And talk about recovery. I mean, uh, if, if, you're, if you're running that program, um, good to have at least a day a week where you just take the day off and rest? Um, for sure. But I think the most underutilized thing they're probably doing is sleep. Sleep. Sleep's number one, man. Sleep is number one. And sleep is, I mean, I think we all understand that sleep is important. Um, from a uh, physiological perspective, uh, why is sleep important? What is happening to your body when you're at sleep at night from a recovery perspective? Oh, well, obviously, you got the first part is like mostly psychological recovery. It's clearing out the brain. It's organizing your thoughts and depending on whose theory you believe. But also you're, you're restorative of the body because when lifting weights you're not gaining muscle while you lift weights you're actually breaking the body down you're actually tearing the muscle sure and causing distortion whatever you want to call it with nutrition you 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 bring that in you refuel the muscle for growth 
but it's that rest period, that sleep aspect that actually allows the muscle to rebuild. So if you imagine the muscle is this piece of paper and we do this during the workout, well, as we sleep and we eat, we're slowly bringing that muscle back and we just made it a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger. That was good. So that was that's, good. That's, that's how you gain muscle and that's why Other sleep. You just, you just crumpled up all my notes, but that was that's really good. totally okay. Still I love mics. <laughs> so, that was really good. Yeah. I like that analogy. So there was, if you think about it, it's, this is back to the balance thing. You have output and input. You have to balance the equation, right? So I guess you have, uh, you know, so food, food, water, sleep, breathing. Yeah, that's pretty important as well. If you talk about posture, if you want to improve your posture and you improve your, if you want to improve your life, maybe you should talk about yoga a little bit. No, but breathing seriously, all kidding aside, you know, we, how, we will do a show on yoga. How, that, how that do you yeah, only, come back to that? How do yeah. you breathe? Um, it, that's an important piece of recovery as well. And uh, and of course, in the sleep thing hormonally it's there's a there's a hormonal component huge hormonal effect yeah. there all of this is um, the, you know why we sleep that thing is the name is yeah, by dr matthew walker why we sleep, why we sleep. Matthew walker. Okay. it will help you sleep but it's a phenomenal reason <laughs> yeah. uh, okay yeah. good yeah that's good yeah. um but yeah i think i think you know it's, it is it comes back to balance balance the equation your output and your input have to be balanced you know i mean it, it and on the whole sure at times in the short term, you can overreach. That's fine. But in the long term, you must balance. All right? Well, and I think, you know, uh, the, what, what I'm trying to, you know, get to at the bottom, you know, we're all sort of looking for what is the formula to where I can be the healthiest, you know? What, what does that look like? And, you know, I think we all know it really starts with food. You know, if you're not eating healthy, uh, if you're smoking cigarettes, you know, those kind of things, you're putting yourself at a deficit. Um, but once fr- from there, a, a, a balanced of, of, you know, conditioning, cardio type work with a strength training program, uh, getting the proper amount of sleep, drinking lots of water um, is, is sort of the, you've sort of arrived. I mean, I, I, th- it's low hanging fruit. There's man. lots of different theories out there, but at the end of the day, it's not that complicated, right? It's really not. I mean, we try to complicate things because it makes us feel better. Sure. Makes us feel smart. Well, I really think that's true, but it it truly is low-hanging fruit. I mean, it's uh, you can only control – I'm going to Paul check him a little bit. Go for it. You can only control certain things in your life. I can't control what you're going to do or how this is going to turn out, and I'm okay with that. Um, But I can control my thoughts, my breathing, my hydration, my nutrition, my movement, and my rest. And that's all. That, and that's really all there is. Sure. Just those things. And those things you work on controlling and you try to do your best every single day and try to get a little better every single day at those things. And I know that's very broad, but it's important to think about those things. And hierarchically, those are the order I said them in was the important thing, right? Thoughts, breathing, hydration, nutrition. I mean, that's you, you kind of have to do it that way. Yeah, we, we actually have – we've got a program that we've been um, – We've had an Atlantic called Unwind um, that Lynn Talley's taught. It's a, it's really of a breathing and relaxation um, practice, you know. And so we have brought that into our wellness program. And um, yeah, I mean, I think just learning how to breathe properly. It sounds like a everybody knows how to breathe properly. What are you talking about? Wouldn't be wouldn't be sitting here if I couldn't breathe. But um, chest breathing versus belly breathing are two different things. And uh, it goes back to the nervous system, you know, being able to to relax your nervous system. Uh, which is important in today's world more than more than ever before. Yeah, both are important. Yeah. So, <laughs> to expand but, on that just a little. Sure. 
what Mike just said is, it's the foundation. Yeah. It's, that's the basis of, that's the foundation of your house or whatever you want to look at it. Too many of us rush to build the house without putting a foundation. Or another way to think of it is well, you're stepping over blinds. Yeah. <laughs> you're stepping over $100 bills to pick up 50 cents by taking this acai berry juice stuff over here when all you really need I think to that word's acai, but yeah, yeah go ahead. There it is. <laughs> say. It's horrible. I don't use it, so that's why I can't say <laughs> right. it. So. But it's like you're, you're stepping over that, that, that really good water right there to go buy that juice or that supplement when all you really or need to do is or, or whatever. whatever. And that's a whole other story. But generally, just drink that cup of water. It's going to be much better for you in the long run. So lay that foundation. And once you have that foundation built, then you can start adding those other things and actually see if they truly work. And if they don't, get rid of it. But you're not going to see a difference. You might, and a lot of that's placebo, but right off the bat. But in the grand scheme, let's get the foundation right. and then go up. Okay. And this, uh, this strength stuff is, is important. And I know we started talking about strength, but we get way out and start talking about this stuff. But That's above the foundation. It is above the foundation. It's, it's important, but those things have to be there first because health before fitness or strength, right? Yeah, I mean, fitness performance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, and just because I'm curious as much as anything, what is y'all's opinion on high-intensity training? That seems to be all the rage. A time and a place. You know. Yeah, everything has time and a place. Yeah, I, I think it's um, it can be used at the end of a yeah. – of a strength training session and it should be low skill and and, and, and define high intensity training i, I mean right. i know what it is but yeah. for people so who high intensity not. interval training is a horrible misnomer yeah first off because it's intensity implies load in the strength training world generally so this is it's not about load it's high intensity implies that this effort so it should be called high effort interval training you know, right. So it's a low rest periods. It's jumping around a little bit. So what Brett said was important. I think it's often misused by using too high of a skill lift to try to get. So you're trying to do too many things unnecessarily. Getting fancy. Getting fancy. Yeah. So let's say you're going to, instead of deadlifting on the clock, you should probably deadlift, um, do some pushes and pulls or whatever. But but high intensity training is where you're going into a gym that's doing interval training where you're doing short bursts of one exercise to another exercise to another exercise. Um, there's lots of those orange circuit theory, training, circuit, circuit training kind of gyms, everything else. So I think what you're saying is there's some benefit in doing high intensity training, but if you're going to do it, you know, don't go in there and do heavy weight, um, you know, because right. you're going to be, because it's like heavy's you said, relative. Ma- maximum effort. Yeah. Heavy's, heavy's relative. I mean, you don't want to do, you don't want to practice, you, whatever you practice is how you'll do it right sure so garbage in garbage out right so you you're training your nervous system and you're practicing a specific skill when you're practicing strength yeah separate those things out practice your strength skill and then if you want to get your heart rate up in a separate way by all means do that you probably should do that if you want to encourage you know calorie burning fat burning that sort of thing that's great same thing with like you know doing aerobic training that should be a separate thing you can do aerobic training separately you wouldn't carry a barbell on your back and try to run four miles right I mean it's silly to even think about it that way but for some reason this has become like high repetition Olympic lifting and and you know Olympic lifting is great if you're an Olympic lifter or have a sport need for that Um, but you know it's if things get kind of mixed up and it's really back to that you know keeping it simple sure you know, keep it simple. Let's, uh, I want to pivot here just for a minute. So um, we've talked a lot about, you know, what strength is, why it's important. 
um, you know, the, the, the benefits, um, you know, from everything from uh, longevity to fat burn. Um, you know, the general population has different levels of access to um, whether it's a CrossFit gym or an, a gym at an Atlantic office or their home. Um, so I, I sort of want to start from if I want to begin to build strength and, you know, I'll, what I have access to is my own body. That's what I, I don't have access to a gym. Um, I don't want to go out and buy a bunch of expensive weights. I just want to start a strength training program. Um, what are, I don't know, three to five exercises that um, people should think about? I mean, push-ups I know has got to be on that list. Um, but, you know, you guys have talked to me. It's so, so, some of the stuff even that you can do in your office, you know, it's like – really accessible it's like walking i mean if you want to strength if you want to get aerobic exercise and you don't want to buy any expensive training gear just go outside and walk right. what are those things from a strength training perspective i've got some specific ideas go for it. but go for it I, yeah just three to five exercises that you think crawling 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 okay yeah. crawling's huge absolutely and um, we mean hands and toes and if you want to like so um, crawling on your feet and your hands not correct. on your knees not like a baby check out there's a lot of stuff yeah. out there um original strength is good ground force method ground force method there's a lot of stuff you can look up this stuff's on the web original strength is mm -hmm. that a book or a website or it's a, a company it's a book yeah. you know website okay. yeah um ground force method ground force mes method yep. okay yeah that's good stuff. Yeah, those are great resources for great that. Great resources for that. Um, and these are all about body weight type. Absolutely. Yep. It's you and the floor. You and the floor. Okay. Yeah, those are fantastic resources. Yeah. Resources for that sort of thing. If you but want to start, just you and the floor. Going back to if we're just naming off stuff like crawling, hands and knees or hands and toes. Okay. Depends on where you're at. You yeah. know, if you can't hold your body weight up, then hop on your knees. It's totally okay. Mm -hmm. um, obviously. Getting up and down off the floor. Yeah. That's, that's another huge <laughs> Get ups. Getting up and down off the floor. Yep. And it doesn't have to be what we call a get up. It can just be learning how to get down and get up where you're at. Right. Just literally lay, practice Laid. laying down on your back and, and getting, then, to, and your get into your yeah. yep. okay. and then, <laughs> okay, yeah, you get into your feet. Okay. And then. I wouldn't have thought of that one. Okay. That's good. If you did that for five minutes, unbroken. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, guess you probably would yeah. break a pretty yeah. good sweat. <laughs> get back to me on that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I would say some form of squatting, whether it's to, to a chair or just air squats, freestanding, or holding onto a door jam and squatting that way as an assisted squat um, for sure. And then bending over and touch your toes like a deadlift pattern. Yeah. Hinge pattern, yeah, sure. Yeah, for a lot of people, that could be the simplest form of learning to hinge. Okay. And possibly a lunge pattern, I yeah. suppose. But I, I, there's resources for all of this as yeah. well, I think. Um, mm -hmm. If you really wanted to get some, I've, I've we'll, we'll get with this. you guys, yeah, and yeah. We'll, we'll put in the show notes for the show, we'll, we'll put some links to some yeah. of these things if people yeah. are interested. There's a great book that'll do all of this all in one shot. Yeah. It's How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy by Paul Check. I can't even. Yeah. That's that, a good book. That's uh, a good book. It's <clears> got top to bottom everything you need in it to get started i think it's a great thing it's a shout out to paul for that but that's a great book but so it, it sounds like you, you guys are it, it's beyond push-ups and sit-ups there's some yeah. uh, you know real functional movements it mm -hmm. sounds like mm -hmm. that are really the things we need to practice uh, you know just more for for longevity purposes so yeah. you can move through life as you get older uh, better yeah okay yeah this stuff's not easy i mean you can scale all of these things you can scale up and down all the things we've talked about today um be it the 
the the foundational things, you know, the thoughts, breathing, hydrate, all of that stuff. You can scale that up and down. You can get as complicated as you like. Um, same thing with movement, with the the functional movement patterns we discussed: the <laughs> squat, the hinge, the push, the pull, the lunge, the the twist, the gait pattern. All of these things are scalable up and down. Somewhere on that scale is where you reside, yeah. and that's where you should start. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't start lower than you have to. That's you should start where you start, and and those things can be discovered. Sometimes you need a professional, but sometimes you can kind of figure it out on your own. But you know, I mean, a, a push-up's a great example. Like you, you can either do it on the floor, or you can't. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, I, I, there's a way to ascend and descend any of these movements, and and that's also how you progress them. Okay, so, it's it's great to experiment with this stuff but no i i think that's good stuff i mean you know e even you know for a lot of us who are in an office every day like i mentioned we all have uh most most of the atlantic facilities do have um a fitness room or a gym and you know just being able to go in at lunch and do some of these functional movements body weight movements i mean we're all capable of doing that or at least capable of getting started and it doesn't require a trainer and it you know watch a few videos online you know read one of these books um and you can get started on a strength program i think you know that makes strength training as accessible as 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 walking you yeah. know which which, which really is does. which is really cool now i do want to talk a little bit this place is called the kettlebell club uh, a lot of folks may not even be familiar with what a kettlebell is um i, I know I, I don't think i knew what it was before i walked in your door a few years ago but um i've been really um impressed uh with the kettlebell as a, as a, as a training mechanism and and uh it's you know i've really enjoyed learning how to use kettlebells Give me a you know little blurb about why kettlebells and how you like to use them and um, you know what what are some of your favorite kettlebell exercises and we may even get you guys to demo some here in a little bit um, because uh, you know kettlebells are something that are relatively inexpensive and you know people can put them in their house they can put them in their office we can have them in the uh, in the gyms at Atlantic um, but yeah kettlebell experts. So, drop some wisdom on me. Yeah, so a kettlebell, for simplest terms, is a cannonball with a handle. Cannonball with a handle. Okay. That's the easiest way to describe it. And then we like to think of it, or I think of it, as kind of the Swiss Army knife of the, of the strength training world because one of them is super versatile. You can do everything from a kettlebell swing to all the ballistics like snatching and cleaning to what we call the grinds, which is a variation of a squat or press or a get-up or multiple other exercises with this one tool it's a handheld gym yeah so much more versatile to say than a dumbbell yeah, yeah. Uh, dumbbells are great but they're not very good for the ballistics yeah so you don't get that effect so the ballistics would mean it's moving a bell quickly okay so a swing a ballistic swing a, um, a snatch and a, a clean um, those are difficult to do with the dumbbell. You can do them, but they're not as effective. Okay, so it's the just real the shape of it. The sense. real advantage to a kettlebell then is the fact that uh, the motion that you can create motion with a, a kettlebell, and it's designed to swing, which requires more strength, more uh, coordination, all those kind of things, than just doing some simple dumbbell curls or dumbbell press. And I'm not down on dumbbells. I'm just trying to delineate no, no, sure. the difference between the two. Absolutely, and, and it's it's a it's a skill like anything else, but. Um, yeah, it's it kind of is a easier to learn tool than a barbell. Well, a lot of things it's uh, it it moves around you instead of you having to move around and implement. Um, and it's uh, you it develops a lot of different qualities at the same time quickly. So it's it's the exception to what we were saying about separating strength training and conditioning. It ends up being the exception once you have proper 
training on it, then you can do conditioning and strength at the same time and power development at the same time. Yeah. All with kettlebells. With kettlebells, yeah. So one of the more versatile tools in yeah. the toolbox. That's why we like it. That's why we use it. And we use it every single day. Almost every person person that walks in this door yeah. uses it in some way, shape, or form every single day, almost. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I you know, if there's one takeaway I hope a lot of our listeners get is, you know, the, the, the kettlebell is an incredible tool. They're relatively inexpensive. They're accessible, um, and it's a great place to start. What are some... Um, uh, what's some you know literature websites? I mean, if somebody wants to start to learn about kettlebells, uh, I, there are other kettlebell clubs around. Um, so I mean, they could always investigate if there's a kettlebell club in their um, in their area, or if there's a gym that specializes in kettlebell clubs. But is there are websites you guys like or books? Strongfirst.com. Strongfirst.com. Strongfirst. That's the one. Okay. Um, that's group is based out of Atlanta, correct? No. Actually, they're um. Where's California? California. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I was totally wrong. Okay, we'll keep. They're worldwide. Forget, forget that World, part. They're yeah. worldwide. Okay. Um, anything by Pavel Setseline? Yeah, we'll spell that later. Pavel, um, huh? Pavel. P- yeah. P a v o l. P a v e l. E l. Um, one quick thing to keep in mind about kettlebells: there's there's multiple styles of kettlebells. Correct. We do a specific uh, style. Our style is called the hard style, which is from Pavel or Strong First. Um, there's Gearvik Sport, which is a whole nother thing, and I'm not, I would not knock it because it's, it's got its place. It's a sport. Yeah, it's a sport of kettlebells. Right. Okay. So this is different. What we do is different. This is a- but if you go to like a global gym and they have like five pound bells and you're supposed to dance with it, run. <laughs> this leaf. Okay. Not, not, not for dancing. No. Make a note of that. All right. So, um, uh, Pavel founded a school called Strong First, and they and I, I know this because I've been to the website. There's a lot of tremendous information on there. There's great videos. There's uh, forum is incredible. Forums incredible. So, um, incredible. if uh, if you're uh, intrigued enough about kettlebells, uh, check out Strong First. Um, there's it's, it's, and you can it's, locate Strong First instructors. Okay, that's right. Yeah. You can go on there and actually find yeah. kettlebell instructors all over the country, all over the world. Okay, great. Um. What are some of the other tools that you guys use? I mean, you, you, you uh, talk a little bit about barbell lifting. What are your, you know, do you think barbell lifting is for everyone? You think, um, you know, what are two or three important lifts that folks should focus on if they, if that's something they want to get into? I mean, is it, I'll let you guys discuss. Yeah, we, we use the barbell for a lot of things, but for general purposes in our classes and most of our students that come through um, everybody learns how to squat with the bar whether it's on their back or in the rack position for a front squat some people do zerchers but that's a different exercise um, deadlifts because everyone bends over every day to do, pick something up off the floor or tie their shoe that's a hinge variation of a pattern um, bench press when done properly and military press are probably the four big movements that we do every day in some form or fashion with a barbell okay and the primary reason to use a barbell is just to get strong. With with the barbell lifting, though, if that's something that you're interested in, you say, "Hey, listen, I've 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 got a little strength training program, and I'm I'm you know I know for me personally, I was real intimidated by barbell lifting. It just seemed like something that weightlifters did that a little guy like me didn't have any business doing. But I think finding a coach that can you know a lot of people I think when they hear deadlift they go, "Oh my God, I'm going to hurt my back." Um, but Doing it properly over time, it's the way to not hurt your back, actually. Yeah. Um, but I, I would assume you guys, that, that's the kind of thing you probably want some instruction on. You don't want to go into the gym and start pulling deads off the floor. Probably should, yeah. It's, once again, pattern pattern important, pattern first. But, yeah, there's um, a strong first, of course, does 
barbell and body weight. So you can look for a qualified instructor that way. Um, starting strength. Starting strength with he's got some good stuff. Um, uh, Mark Ripto. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great that's a great book, a great organization. It's S- just starting, starting strength. strength. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a great barbell lifting place mm-hmm. a resource. All right. Well, um, I would like uh, to I would like for you guys to do some um, to give us a little demonstration on on some of these uh, kettlebell movements, and um, so we'll we'll take a look at that. But before we get into that, um, you know, from a strength training perspective, is there anything else that, you know that that you think is important, or do we cover it all? I mean, you know, think of it more as movement. Movement. Yeah. yeah. Think of it more yeah. as movement it's, and. And it's, a, it's a practice. And a practice, yeah. yeah it's like some just like you practice. learn, you learn to read. Like we said earlier, you got to learn to lift and do it properly. Actually, I think that's a pretty good takeaway. You know, if if strength training or weightlifting sounds intimidating to you, thinking about it is practicing moving, right? Practicing right. moving for the rest of your life, so you can do it for as long as possible uh, with the least amount of injuries and pain. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I really enjoyed that. A lot of good information there, and. Uh, We'll uh, we'll do a little demo here and sign off. Thanks. Thank you. Amen. Yeah,